gazing in each other's eyes. <laughs> Four dudes talking about love songs. Welcome to the music track presented by the soundboard. Here's your commissioner, Forrest. Welcome to the Music Draft, presented by The Soundboard, Episode 10, Top Duet Tracks. You can find our podcast by searching The Music Draft on Apple or Spotify, and for each episode, we'll compile our music choices into a playlist available on Spotify at The Music Draft. Please follow us on Instagram, and hey, leave a review. Give us a comment. We'd love to hear your ideas on episodes or choices or any other thoughts. Uh, so, so we're going into the land of duets, um, you know, Listen, they're timeless. They're one of the oldest forms of collaboration. Uh, of course, a duet can be two musicians coming together in any form. Uh, but today we're going to talk about two, two artists coming together to sing. So here are the rules. Uh, songs featuring two primary singers sharing the singing duties. Any, any genre of music is fair game. Duets can be two singers from the same band in the event it's a special occasion. So bands that have clear co-singers are off the table. Uh, but if there's a primary lead singer and another member of the band is invited to share the singing duties, let's do it. Um, somewhat of a gentleman's agreement because that's subjective. So, so then if, if James yeah. Hetfield decided to let Lars Ulrich sing a song, exactly. that would be considered a duet. Is that where we're <laughs> going? One time. Only, only if they stared into each other's eyes. Okay. okay. <laughs> They've been around together for a long time, so who knows? Uh, any artist previously taken by the individual drafting is off the table, but fair game for others. Uh, however, a member of a band that has been taken, has not been taken, can be part of a duet. So, for example, Pearl Jam is off the table for me, but Eddie Vedder is fair game for all because Eddie hasn't been chosen, including me. Cool. Once an artist has been drafted as a duet, they're off the table. Duets literally only take a voice. I mean, I, I, I kept imagining two people just sitting around a campfire singing and, again, of course, gazing into each other's eyes. You know, we're not, we're not talking about trading beat samples back and forth. <clears throat> as defined, these duets are an incredible opportunity for these two artists to collaborate. Um, the actual format and construct is simplistic by nature, but that doesn't mean the songs are. Um, this was not a topic that immediately jumped at me, honestly, but it's kind of got that slow roll feel. Uh, the more I dug into my playlist, the more I appreciated duets. And, and just, again, if you've been listening, you know I enjoy it because it's, it's a very pleasant playlist, at least mine is. So... Um, We'll see if, if Moose comes in with a hammer, but for now, I've, I've got a lot of sweet, sweet songs, so it's going to be a smooth playlist. Um, uh, and it's been really hard to whittle it down. So anyway, uh, let's, let's jump around. The order for today is Forrest, Moose, Stu, Rich. Uh, mm. Moose, give, it, give us your thoughts yeah, on uh, duets. Yeah, so when I think about singing, it's like you said, like sharing duties. And obviously with singers, they're huge egomaniacs. I mean, this is called for what it is, right? They want the spotlight on them. So now you're putting two egomaniacs together trying to share the spotlight. It can go well, it can go bad. But truthfully, when it goes well, it takes a good song and turns it into a great song. So I really kind of think of like a marriage between voices. Sometimes they complement each other because they blend into each other so well. Sometimes they're so radically different that it just makes this awesome sound, this awesome harmony uh, with their voices. So for me, like I, I'm trying to think about different types of genres. Like you said, all genres are on the table. Yes, 
I do plan on coming with the hammer with at least one of my duets, which I'm hoping nobody takes. I feel confident that it will be there at some point for me. Um, but yeah, and I also just say this, man, like, dude, I have no idea where any of you guys are going. Cause I agree. I never did more research because when you do top 40 duets and you look at what the top 40 is, you're, you're kind of like, Ooh, like, I don't know how I feel about a lot of this. Um, so I don't know where any of us are going. Uh, I think that's what makes it kind of exciting. I think some of us might have to go deep into our uh, reserves. And I'm really hoping one of you have to take uh, Island in the Streams, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. I'm kind of <laughs> hoping it's not me. We know you secretly <laughs> love that song, Luce. So I'll jump in. I mean, right. Duet's pretty self-explanatory, but what, what makes it special is two artists sharing that spotlight that, that Moose was kind of touching base on. Um, but it's, it's challenging because, you know, when I did my little homeworks assignment, most of these awesome duets were just live performances and live performances are off the table. So it made it a little more challenging. Like, you know, sure. It's one thing to ask a friend artist to jump on stage and sing a song, but it's another thing to say, Hey, let's get in the studio together and actually record a song and put it out to the world, make it official. Um, and that was, and that's a little different. Like, and like we said, you, you Google top 40 duets. It's, it's love songs. I mean, it's just, it's where it is, but you know, different genres allow and, and kind of, you know, bank on duets, you know, hip hop, huge hip hop, uh, yeah. or, or duet yeah. concept. Um, again, it's, it's just showcasing that like massive songs don't have to be love songs um, for duets, but you know, not, not sure about you guys, but I'm really trying to, you know, stay away from things that we've already chosen. So I'm, I'm trying to go again, you know, out of left field with new songs and really showcase, you know, new artists, which is, you know, what the music drafts all about. Um, so I'm, I'm really hoping you like my picks and, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe they are love songs. I don't even know about it, but yeah, I'm pretty pumped up. Fantastic. Uh, all right, Rich. Yeah. I mean, um, to, to, to everybody's point, I, I think when you look up, you know, what are the, some of the, the biggest duets, uh, they were meant to be popular, not necessarily good. Right. And, um, so, you know, I think all of us kind of our Venn diagram is, is, is rock and roll and, and there's not all that many kind of straight ahead duets in rock and roll. Right. So yeah. I think fortunately for us, or at least me, I, we all listen to a lot of different styles of music that lend itself really well to duets. Um, I think that, um, the thing, one of the things I'm looking for is, is how, uh, how natural was it? Was it, was it something where two artists actually got together and they really wanted to create something fresh and new or was it, you know, does it feel forced? Right. So that's kind of what I was looking for. You kind of start going down these, these rabbit holes where there's a lot of, you start seeing a lot of songs that you didn't think that these two artists melded very well together, but I think it always takes a little bit of faith um, that that they're going to try something different. One of the artists is actually kind of going to get out of their comfort zone. I, and, and I think that sometimes they fall flat on their face. And sometimes, like Moose said, it elevates the song to a level that it wouldn't have gotten to if it was just a band playing the song. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's an interesting point that it that typically one of the artists is going into the other artist genre or, you know, jump, jumping out of their comfort zone. One thing I noted too in in my research for this was I love that duet has only one letter different than duel. So uh, <laughs> let's duel over love songs, boys. 
<laughs> oh boy. Oh, <laughs> and, and the first love song will oh be. So I thought really hard about the vibe that I wanted to start the playlist with. Um, oh geez, here we go. <laughs> I, I have I have some stuff that's super fun, a little played out. I have some stuff that's a little moody, but I'm going with a track that is a little off the beaten path. Uh, that sort of just eases us into the playlist in a chill way. Um, hmm. So I love Andrew Bird. He's incredible. Uh, he's super prolific. He's actually done a ton of work and pop-up concerts and duets with Fiona Apple. Uh, however, Fiona has gotten plenty of love from the music draft. Yes. Um, so th- this is actually a track off his latest album. Uh, the original track, it's called Manifest, uh, Manifest Destiny. Uh, off my finest work yet. Uh, this is a version reimagined with Andrew Bird and Erica Wenenstrom, who's a folk singer. Um, and, you know, Rich, you just used a word that, that kind of nails it for how I would describe this track, which is just effortless. Um, mm. they, they, they come together, and it, it's just a, it's a beautiful reimagination of the song because uh, it, it just works really well. Um, even though this, this song is... It, it's about energy. So it traces our evolution from single celled organisms to modern man. Uh, and then the life of energy, but it, it comes off super, super breezy. Um, anyway, I will play you. Uh, and, and he, I mean, he literally just put out another album. He's so prolific. He's, he's, he's amazing. So anyway, here's, uh, Andrew Bird and Erica Winnenstrom manifest. God is canyon, my companion's dear. Starting to question my manifest destiny, my claim to this frontier. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah, I love it. I will. Um, I'll say one. I've never heard of either of those two artists a day in my life. Um, <laughs> so that's that shouldn't surprise anyone. Two. I will say that where I'm going to go next fits oh. perfectly with that song, though. Mm. So oh, it's wow. almost like we've known each other for like 40 years. Perfect. Because my song will flow perfectly with that. That sounds very, it's like right where I'm going next. Well, I, I dig it, Matt. I mean, I, I know Andrew Bird. I don't know that particular song. It sounds really sweet and, uh, and, and just ideal to start this playlist off. Um, I don't know that other artist. Where, where is she from? Yeah, I, I don't. Again, that's that's another thing we didn't touch on yet with duets. I mean, it's it's a great way to introduce a new artist. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I I first heard about her from this, but she was involved in the Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack. Uh, I mean, she's definitely been around. Yeah, um, and that's the cool thing about duets is that you find most of these other members that are coming into this new world to do a duet they come from their own world of their own bands and their own artistry and and, uh so it's it's we get like we get it's it's two birds with one stone sort of thing um but yeah nice man i'm uh i was very nervous that you were going to take someone that was in my first uh first round so my pressure just lowered so oh, i appreciate that yeah it's, yeah. it's, US, it's, all, man. it's chill all this is not gonna get contentious at all <laughs> i was nervous i was under pressure no pun intended oh <laughs> Ooh. yeah give give andrew birds uh my finest uh my finest work yet a, a try that's cool I, all right I've been, a, I've been a big fan of oh. andrew bird for a while uh um i think i started listening to him with noble beast and since then but he's got such an eclectic sound totally that it's um 
it's surprising to me that that he's doing so many he's done so many duets because he doesn't have to me doesn't have a sound that is easily uh you can easily kind of integrate yourself into do you know what i mean and so it's it'll it's refreshing to hear that that he's doing uh he's doing duets with you know with other people i, I didn't know that i didn't know that he had done that he did cool <laughs> all right obviously all right Moves. He did do it. All right, so look, I'm going to pick up right where you left off, and I'm going to take an iconic singer that his band has already been taken multiple times, iconic singer of our generation. So I'm talking about Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam. So, Who's that? So obviously, Heard of him. obviously, if we're talking about duets, I mean, it only makes sense that I take Eddie Vedder teamed up with the one and only Corinne Tucker of Cedar <laughs> Kenny yeah. and not Chris Cornell of Soundgarden. Because right. if we go back to Stu's point, which is, hey, let's try to introduce ourselves and fans to newer songs and newer genres. Look, Hunger Strike obviously deserves to be up there. The Ooh, song's yep. phenomenal. But you know phenomenal. what? I we think know everybody it. knows that song. Yeah, and I don't everyone. think everybody knows the song I'm about to take with my first pick, which was a cover from an artist named John Doe, who used to be the lead singer of a punk rock band called X in the late 70s and early 80s. And Eddie Vedder joins up with Corinne Tucker, who I took both of those bands in my Seattle scene. And yeah, you did. To, Far to Forrest's point, where he's like, you know, you can get introduced to new singers. This is how I got introduced to Sleater Kenny. Because when I heard the song Golden State, and I heard this voice after Eddie Vedder's, I was like, whoa. I was like, I just came out of left field. And our th I think her voice is so radically different than Vedder's. It makes the song that much better. Without her mm -hmm. voice, I think the song is okay. With her voice, it transcends into this super cool alt-country rock cover of this song by John Doe. Uh, and I just think it's super cool. And here's just like a little taste of it. Yeah. Is it off of one of their albums? What's that? Is it off of one of their albums or is nah, it? Yeah, it's a single. It was a oh, single wow, that cool. was released. It was recorded. Uh, they were doing a cover of the song, like I said, by John Doe. And I was a little concerned maybe one of you would take Hunger Strike coming back around. I was like, look, I want to introduce our, our many fans to this little hidden gem of a duet. So that's my number one pick is veteran Corinne Tucker. I think it fits perfectly for us right after your song. Um, and that's, nice. that's my pick, man. Sweet man, that was that's a that's. I'm glad you went in that direction because Eddie's voice is is so distinct, and then you have her voice pop in, and it really does balance it. And she kind of yeah, she she kind of lifts it up because when Eddie Eddie can obviously own you know own his own song, and he does tremendously well, but for her to go to the next level, next, is it like octave higher or two octaves higher or you know I don't know the lingo, but <laughs> it, it sounds really nice um, and. Yeah, it's a good pick. I mean, again, Eddie Vedder. I mean, the, I, my first inclination of Pearl Jam is is when is when uh, um, what's his name joins them on stage for uh, um, um, Rockin Rockin the in the Free now. World. Yeah, Rock in the Free yeah, World. It's like they, yeah. they never they never record that. It's just like, but that's a staple in their in their you know in their bag <laughs> yep. of tricks. And uh, sure. but here's a song that we don't know as well, and it's a great duet. So great, great first dra uh, first round draft. Yeah, fun choice. And uh, when I think of Slater Kinney, I think of Carrie Brownstein. But uh, 
I, I don't know Corinne Tucker as well, but I mean, X was amazing. So the idea of, mm. of Eddie and Corinne uh, tackling that and reimagining it, um, I can't wait to listen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You, you learn something new every day. I didn't know that they, uh, I didn't know that they had collaborated together. So, and I thought I knew a lot about better. So I'm anxious to hear it. Yeah. I think we're going to find a bunch of new tracks. I mean, I, I found a bunch of tracks that I never knew existed. So, uh, all right, Stu. All right. So that first pick. Man, I was so nervous that one of these artists was going to be taken by you and or moose, but I'm in the clear <laughs> and, uh, and I'm going to go, and this is going to be foresight to our future episode for solo albums, because now this person is going to be off, off my list. And uh, that is the one and only Tom York. And I am going to pick, he is, <laughs> he is coming, he is coming into the scene and joining a lovely lady by the name of PJ Harvey. Ooh. And it was her fifth album called stories from the city stories from the sea and one of her top two albums in her collection i mean she's she's super badass great songwriter and and actually on this album she lived in new york city for about a year and wrote a bunch of songs about new york city and of course you know she's from london so songs about london and stuff but a lot of songs about new york and she had tom york join her in the year 2000 and he actually duet with her on three songs on the album. And one of them was a standout. And that is the song, This Mess We're In. And it's super badass. Um, you know, it has a great rhythm, dark rhythm. I mean, you, you almost think it's going to be a Radiohead song. Uh, but then she kind of pops in. And they have a nice, you know, exchange with overlapping of 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 some of the lyrics, but then going back and forth and, and they both shine. So Tom York is really comfortable. You can tell and PJ Harvey is really comfortable. So, and this is the track, this mess we're in PJ Harvey and Tom York. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a huge fan of it, and that's my pick, PJ Harvey with uh, Tom York. It's a great pick, Stu. I mean, uh, this these are two artists where you you you're not surprised that the, the, it sounds so good, right? They, it, it it seems like a natural blend. It seems like they would they would naturally sound good together. They have similar styles, um, and and their voices blend beautifully together. I listen. I, I heard that album when it first came out. I haven't listened to it in a long time, so oh, I'm, so I'm, good. I'm happy. Yeah, I, I agree. Just listening to it, and you can hear, like you said, the way York sings, his voice is so unique. And then PJ Harvey kind of coming underneath it while he's still going. That's like two collaborators that I think know what they're doing and know how to try and make a song good but great. And that's really cool to hear, like, he's still going, and then she's following. And I like that. That's pretty cool. That's a nice yeah. little kind of um, way to craft two voices into one. What a what a moody and just cool track and oh so cool! You're lucky that I didn't think of it because if I had thought of it, <laughs> I, I probably would have taken it. Um, no, how did no. you not think of Tom York? Like I, I mean, this is like me not thinking if if, um, if like if I could have taken like a metallic like it's a Pearl Jam. I, I was yeah. like, I'll take it. I, I, I can take it again right away. I know, but here's the thing. Now, now I Tom mean, York's off off the list for, yeah. for solos, but it's on the list for Maddie. So. Oh, that's true. Not, I forgot. 
Not to spill the beans. I mean, not to spill the beans, but spilling the beans. Like, (laughs) I've just been looking at Tom York as as for the solo project. I forgot. I forgot. No, Steve's right. That's that. That's good. That makes sense. Yeah, I got to give that album a spin again. That's great. Yeah. All right, Rich, closing out round one. Back to back. So my first. So my first pick is Elton John and Kiki D. Yeah, let's do it. Go break in my heart. I just need the captain's hat, baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the first. This first song, I, I've. He's one of my favorite artists. He had just um, released an album that was immensely popular, um, and the producer who produced that album was working on this person's first solo album. And one of the songs that got thrown away on that album, he suggested that they record it with this person, and it ended up being. It just, it was a natural fit. She was, she, it was her first solo album coming from an immensely popular band in the seventies. Um, mm. The band I am talking about. I know it. It's fantastic. You know, I mean, and, and these artists still play this song live. It's a, it's one of the best duets, natural duets that, I, that I've ever heard. It is Tom Petty doing Stop Dragging My Heart Around with Stevie Nicks. Um, yep. Jimmy, Jimmy Iovine, who produced Damn the Torpedoes. Um, was working with Stevie Nicks and suggested that they work together and it, it was just a natural fit and it works in every way. So I'm just going to start it off because that's a tremendous pick. I, Tom Petty was, was high on my list, but I've already picked Tom Petty. Yep. So I'm, I'm not going to, I couldn't go there. Great artistry comes together in the end and they, they write and they did that beautiful song. So great pick. And uh, oh, I didn't yeah, actually let's, play let's, it. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. See, it's so, one of those I, things where it sounds like the Heartbreakers. It, it sounds like a natural Heartbreaker song, and it sounds like it fits perfectly. So when you say it's a natural Heartbreaker song, because everything that I read about it was it was a Heartbreaker yeah, song. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Tom Petty recorded all of the vocals, yep. and he kind of gave it to Iovine, and then he just basically took him out of it for the most part, <laughs> put her in. And Petty was like, what the hell, man? And Iovine's like, dude. This song is going to buy you a house. Shut up. It's a yeah. huge hit. And it was number three on the billboard. And, I mean, the song is, it's tremendous. I couldn't hear that song just Tom Petty singing it. If you gave it to me that way, I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Stevie Nicks just does a tremendous job with that. It's such an mm. awesome song. And if you if you talk to the rest of the Heartbreakers, they're, they're not fond of the, uh, the way that went down because they love oh, the yeah. song. And they're like, what, what do you mean you're giving our song to someone else? <laughs> giving our uh. song yeah. And she hadn't been a star yet. I mean, with Fleetwood Mac, for sure, yeah, but not a solo star. No, you don't know just, how that's going to go. And let's just give a shout-out to, to Ivy. I mean, he really was the mastermind. And and even though he was playing kind of puppeteering, you know, the careers of these two people, um, he really was the mastermind. So, yeah. And thank yeah. God you did not take leather and lace with Don oh. Henry. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> so thank you. No, thank and, you for sparing that's, that's on my list. Okay? That's, a great, that's a great point, guys, because when you talk about, you know, Moose, you were talking about egos. I mean, Tom, Tom Petty's a laid-back guy, but the dude has an ego, right? He's got an like, ego. He <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, he, he you know, he fat, you know, he's one of the best songwriters of, uh, ever, you know? And Tremendous. He's like, you want me to cut a song for somebody who's never established herself as, as yes. you know, yeah. as a solo artist? Like, yeah. what are you doing? But, you know, <laughs> he took that chance, right? He trusted Iovine that it would work, and it did. All right, what do you got right, next? Shall I, shall I start round two? Of All course. right, Heartbreaker. All right, here we go. Two. So, Snake you draft. know, 
so, <laughs> some of some of my favorite songwriters, uh, they're they're so prolific and productive, right? You can almost hear them creating on the spot, right? As if it's almost as if they can't record their ideas fast enough for the next one. And mm -hmm. the result is usually like a really loose version, but it's electrifying at the same time. Um, Neil Young, Bob Dylan, they would, they would do just a few takes to kind of get the band familiar with the song and then they would cut it. Uh, Cause they always believed that the energy of the song was more important than perfection, right? And that's kind of what we see here. Um, in fact, this artist, he put out three albums in seven months in 2005, and all of them are great. Um, this song is on the second one of those. Um, two fantastic songwriters getting together, and just they, just they just laid something down, and it was it's loose, it's haunting, it's melancholy, uh, but it's still beautiful nonetheless. Um, I'm talking about uh, a song called Dear John. It is from somebody who's already been drafted, Ryan Adams. Mm. And he does it with Nora Jones. And so Ooh. Nora Jones oh, playing, yeah. Nora Jones playing cool. piano and Ryan, Ryan Adams is doing harmony on top of her vocals. And it's really, really, it's just beautiful. So let me play a little bit for you. one of those songs that really kind of sounds great because Ryan Adams can really hit those high falsetto notes and he's kind of underlying Nora Jones is she's got a very very deep voice you know and and uh it's just beautiful yeah I I'm a it's I'm it's no secret I'm a big Nora Jones fan I think she's awesome I love her piano work I love her vocals she's very airy and spacious in her work you know when she writes her songs I think and it just shines really well and it's the official first steal of the day because i had nora jones with billy joe armstrong oh in a, in a oh. later in a, in a later round um i forgot about that long, long time gone kind of a country tune but yeah. anyways uh love nora jones i think you know the song's the song's great so good good pick rich Sorry, Stu. <laughs> Rich, Don't worry. Is, my, my, Rich, I got to tell you, Rich, Rich, is, Rich has got bugs in all of our houses. That, I'm, yeah. that. I don't know how he's pulling I, this shit off. And I got my next pick is somewhat of a steal from Rich, so I'm not too worried. <laughs> Rich mean, is no, cool, no, man. No. I, I can't say I know that tune, but yeah, I think haunting is a nice way to describe it when you hear it. And, you know, just because you have, you know, a guy and a girl singing together, it doesn't always have to be like this romantic kind of like gazing into your eyes, like Forrest said. Like that's very, very like haunting and two great songwriters coming together with it, man. Sounds cool. Yeah. Nora, Nora Jones came up in a, a bunch of, uh, my, my duet searches. I, I, I found that yeah. same album with, with Billy Joe, but, uh, yeah. Um, this, she does work a lot with other artists. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's, she's an incredible, incredible artist. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good segue, Stu. You're up. Good, good job, Rich. All right. Okay, well, um, this is kind of a nod to you, Rich, because I think you picked this band um, in, a, in a previous draft, so it was off the table for you, so I, I knew I was safe. Um, uh, but this is their seventh studio album and their first official duet. And I'm going with a band called Wilco, yeah. performing with Feist on a song yeah, called a you, and, you and I. And we all know Feist. She's a member of Broken Social Scene. And 
she's badass as an individual and she joins Wilco for uh, their first official duet. Um, and I mean, everyone knows Tweedy's got the skills to write songs and he delivers once again on this duet, you know, called you and I, and it's just a classic Wilco song. And, and it's a classic album as well. I mean, it, they put out so many albums now. My top three would probably be Schmilko, A Ghost Is Born, and this one, which is self-titled Wilco. Um, but the song is so good. I've been obsessing with it over the last week. I probably played it a hundred times um, on the guitar, just singing it. My wife's like, turn that freaking song off. Um, <laughs> I've just been loving it, loving it. They actually promoted the album on David Letterman, and they played this song with Feist, so you actually could see it live, and they dominate i mean it's just killer track um i'm gonna play for you guys this is uh wilco with feist you and i So she she comes in right after, and uh, you know it's it's just a nice complimenting they complement each other so well I think, and she's they kind of sing the same words, and it's and they kind of are going on the same path. So it's not really a, a, a catch and release sort of thing. They're they're not going back and yeah. forth as much, but it's the song's just so good, and uh, that's gonna be my pick. You and I, Wilco and Feist. What a what a beautiful song it was it was definitely on my list. Um, uh, I, I think I think Tweety took a little uh, uh, took a little heat because he people thought that that was a little commercial. He's like, yeah, I wrote a fucking pop song. What the yeah. is the problem? And guess what? The whole album. Awesome. I mean, it's yeah, their whole album was considered like one of their upbeat, more poppy albums in general. Well, Rich, yeah. Rich, this is the album that this was the last album to fulfill the record deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like when, when I say it's one of, it, so it's, it's interesting when you say it's one of your favorite albums too, cause it's, it's one of my, it's one of, it's one of my least favorite Wilco albums, but I still love all oh, their albums. Right. I love it. You know what I mean? And I think a couple years before that, he, there was one song that was on a Volkswagen commercial and Wilco fans freaked out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a great song. Um, he wrote it for his wife, uh, which is not surprising if you listen to the lyrics. Um, and the way he does it with with Vice, it's it's a beautiful song, right? It's the way they the, the way they're singing in the same way that Ryan Adams and Norman Jones are kind of singing, where they're kind of they're just doing octaves of each other, but it sounds wonderful. Yeah, and when they when they sort of stumble over each other, like uh, that line, the misconstrued, yeah. it's just like yes, it's yes, so like perfectly imperfect, and I'm I'm so glad that they didn't polish it exactly. You know, exactly. yeah, yeah, it 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 just sounds effortless. Again, it's like. They they just sound great together. I love that song. Yep. All right, All right. you you gonna drop a hammer on our on our pleasant playlist. Just well, here? I am going to change genres big time here, but I am not going to save the hammer because if any of you take my hammer, I will applaud you to the nines because I can't see you taking it. So we're going to save the hammer for till the end. Okay. okay. I'm going to switch genres. There's a lot Good of all country going on here. I'm going to totally switch genres. I think there will be some shaking of heads when I make this pick because you're going to be like, really. So during the pandemic, uh, my family and I dove into the Marvel universe. I don't know if you've dove into it or not. I am not a Marvel guy. I'm not a comic book guy. However, when you're home 24-7 
and you ain't going anywhere. You got a lot of time to watch a lot of Marvel movies. So that's what we did. <laughs> so we watched all of them. I, dude, I got to tell you, I, I would tell anyone to do it. It was a lot of fun. However, my son's favorite character is Spider-Man. And the song I'm taking is from the Spider-Man soundtrack. And he, my nine-year-old, turned me on to this song. And my high schoolers turned me on to this artist who is Post Malone and Sway Lee doing Sunflower, which, say what you want about Post Malone, I think he has earned nothing but respect for me. To me, Post Malone is a genre-bending artist that brings in all the respect to metal with Ozzy. So I thought Stu might go the Ozzy Post Malone. I thought it might be there. So I'm taking him early because of that. Um, and I, I got to tell you, I have a lot of credit for him. I, I'm a big fan. We auto-tunes a lot, but he also pays mad respect to a lot of artists that we love. He played with the Chili Peppers live before and Aerosmith. So I'm a fan of his, man. And the song, I love the way these two guys rap over. Like, they, they each just take a verse and a chorus. That's it. And they're so different with the way that they rap. Like, Sway Lee's a little quicker. Then Post Malone's got a draw over this really just badass, like, slow bass beat. So, I mean, I'm assuming you know the song, but here it is anyway. Give us some flower. Give us some flower. Every time I'm leaving on you, you don't make it easy. No. Wish I could be there for you. Give me reasons. It, it works, Moose. It works. And, you know, let's just rem- remind ourselves Post Malone's still a young cat. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he's only 25 years old. So everything he's done, it's like he's been a teenager in his early twenties. So the dude is, the dude's got talent. Um, and, and he does work well with others. Mm-hmm. So I totally agree. That, that's, yeah. that's a badass song. And, and, uh, you know, he's got this like not care in the world attitude, but he does care at the same time. So, um, I think he's, he's going to be around for decades to come between the respect for his, his, you know, Nirvana and, and other artists and, you know, just, just how prolific he is. And, uh, no, I, I definitely appreciate post Malone. Uh, and what I've heard, I, I actually dig, I kind of dig that, that kind of like reggae down tempo electronic vibe. I can't say I, I can't, I, I, no, no surprise to all of you, but I don't uh, know much zero surprise. <laughs> don't know much about him, but you know, I mean, listen, like, Hey, this is part of the reason we're doing this is right. Discovering mm-hmm. new stuff. Right. But the other thing is he pays homage to the right bands, which kind of opens your eyes. If he's paying homage to bands that I didn't like, yeah, then chances are I'm probably not going to give him much of a chance. I, I, I would highly recommend rich. Like he did a tribute to Nirvana where, I mean, he's playing guitar there it's like three guys they're like and he just does a ton of nirvana like he does like francis farmer he does a bunch of nirvana stuff and i was impressed because to get that kurt cobain like that that growl that gnarliness in his voice he's got i would say he he does an excellent job with it i was impressed like i was captivated watching it i was like holy shit i think he's pulling this off right now and it was a ton of fun to see yeah, oh, I mean, cool. the stuff that I've heard from him, he's like, you know, it's using that the auto-tune where it's meant to sound auto-tune, and I just can't get, I can't yeah. get into that, yeah. but but it's, you know, I think it's, it's that's, that's a style right now, you know? I think it's a phase for him, and I think, yeah, again, agreed. because he's so young, we're going to sure. see a lot of non-auto-tune Post Malone albums yeah, yeah, coming up, so. All right, I, I am up for the, the, the last pick of the second round. Um, I'm thrilled this this is here. Uh, out of respect, <laughs> I, uh, I I actually out of respect, I wanted to give Rich a shot at this song because I um, sort of have already touched on this 
this artist, but I'm on the edge of the rules with this one, but A, it's legal, and B, I'm the commissioner, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> so fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's legal. Uh, I, I love the stillness and fragility of Connor Oberst. Um, oh, dude. Hey, man, I gave you a oh. shot. You, you could have right. taken it. Um, there's a song called Lua, which is uh, a song off the Bright Eyes album, I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning. Oh, that's great. I, yeah, I forgot about that one. And, and it's incredible. Uh, however, this one is reimagined, and it's Connor Oberst as a solo artist. Um, mm. Jillian, Wel- Jillian Welsh, who's a, a folk singer-songwriter. Rich is just giving me death, the dagger oh, eyes. Oh. I don't know how this is legal. Because you I took right eyes. eyes. I haven't taken Connor. Yeah, he's right. good. He's good. No, he's good. If it's Con- if it's Connor Oberst and not yeah. Bright Eyes, he's good. So he's not yeah, taking he's- Lua. I thought you were taking Lua for no, a second. I'm You're taking, okay. I'm taking yeah. Connor Oberst. So you can take any artist... Okay, maybe I misunderstood the rules. But if <laughs> Dude, you're I'm any better, and I already taken Pearl Jam, so that's the rules. Yeah, but like, that was a Seattle yeah. draft, right, where everybody was. <laughs> what? <laughs> as, the, as the Beasted Boys would say, you gotta read, gotta read the your, fine print there, Rich. You gotta read open that up fine your print, ears bro. and clean out your eyes. Pay attention. <laughs> they recorded this uh, this version of the song <clears throat> for "Dark Was the Night," which is an incredible benefit compilation uh, in 2009. Um, I don't know. Again, kind of like we, we've talked about with a couple tracks, it was, it's just incredible to hear these lyrics so distilled um, and it really brings them into focus. And, and I, I don't know, I, I never listened to them so intently. Uh, the tempo and the instrumentation just allows you to really focus on them. Uh, and it, it's just a really haunting and clear picture of addiction. Um, and Stu, to use your phrase, catch and release, like the catch and release between these two during this song, it, it just works so well. It's very believable and natural. Like you just picture these two spending the day together. Uh, and it's just a, a beautiful rendition of the song. Um, mm. I mean, the lyric, I've got a flask inside my pocket. We can share it on the train. Oh, if you promise to stay conscious, I will try and do the, do same. the same. It's just like, I, I just picture these two together. Anyway, here's Lua, Connor Oberst and Jillian Welsh. such a that is wait was that lua yeah yeah is that connor Oberst covering himself with a duet that's such yeah. a loophole that's a stew loophole yeah. i know i, I like it about it I'm, I'm not opposed to it because you I are the like commissioner and yeah you played of course with you're not really nice that. in there that's a really good job on your part Fars. thanks I give you that. smart did you wait can i can can i ask you did you did you craft these rules specifically to get that song in i did not i did not okay so I'm going to start by saying I'm very. I'm look at Rich. Rich is trying my, so hard to say be polite. Rich it's hurting my soul so that hard like, to be my favorite, right like my favorite artist of the last 20 years, I did not get either the solo or the band, <laughs> and it's killing me. And uh, that and that one person got both of them. And the same person. <laughs> I love Connor Oberst. Um, he was my next pick, but it was Connor Oberst and Phoebe Bridgers. They just put mm. out a so they just put out an album a year ago. It's fantastic. Oh, the better Oblivion. 
Yeah, Better Oblivion Community. Uh, community. Yeah. Um, I seen him do that live with just him and an acoustic, and yeah. you could literally hear somebody breathing in the audience. It's he, ca- he. It's such a captivating song, and there is nothing going on except the lyrics and an acoustic guitar. Cool. And yeah. when you bring in the female voice, it changes. It changes the the dynamic of the song. Beautiful song, beautiful pick, great artist. Cool. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go tone down a little bit. great pick great uh stew loophole so uh, i dig i dig how you work that in yeah great pick good job maddie yeah man (laughs) thanks thanks guys uh yeah sorry rich i was i almost like sort of needled (laughs) you earlier this week and i was like you know what i just gotta be quiet on this i would not poke the bear dude (laughs) Uh, oh Well, here, here's the good news, Rich, and to all our legions of fans. We're going to compile all of these picks into a playlist that's available on Spotify. So if you want to hear the tracks, go to the music draft on Spotify. All right. We are now moving on to round three. Yep. Yeah, man. It's all you, babe. Let's go. All right. Here we go. All right. We're going to take it. We're going to take it up a notch a little bit, have a little fun, uh, this song's a little played out, but I mean, w- when I thought of duets, this this song just jumped jumped to the front of the front of the queue. Are you um, going to Sweden? We are not going to Sweden. Oh, um, oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Edward Sharp. I love Alex Ebert. Um, this song is like the ultimate tune to like ride a bu- on a bus to. Uh, Alex Ebert has always been incredibly experimental from I'm a Robot to Edward Sharp and his solo music. Uh, I, and I respect him for trying. Uh, this song and this band is self-described as a party that everyone is invited to. And I don't know, that's how it feels to me. So I'm talking about the song Home uh, by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros featuring Alex Ebert and Jade. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it, it kind of reminds me of that classic Johnny Cash, June Carter duet where they just playfully go back and forth. Um, we've all heard this song a hundred times, so I chose a different version, uh, which actually features uh, Jade and, and Alex, of course, but it also features the Gulu Choir, um, and there's a little extra percussion, mm. and uh, I just love it. Uh, I, can't twist. Enough, I can't get enough of this song. Anyway, here's Home. Yep, that's it. Yeah, I um, I, I think you, I think you nailed it when you said Johnny Cash, June Carter, because that's exactly what I hear. I hear 21st century Cash totally. Carter back and forth, and I love the way you go back and forth with each other. You're right; it's a super fun song. Um, I forgot about that song. Yep, I totally forgot that that was a duet. I totally forgot. But you're right; I hear that song like everywhere, whether I'm in the grocery store or yeah. in the car or wherever. It's everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's mainstream song. America. It's, it's in the it's in like song. Yeah, Banana yeah, Republic. Like, to me, it's like that's cool. It's a great song. It, it really is. So that I, that's good that I made it on here. I totally forgot about that, man. Yep. Good good work, Maddie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought you were of- going to it. I thought you were going to a different direction. Oh, really? But it's still on the table. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of bands that we've talked to. You know, we've talked about over the course of this all these episodes that have had to deal with popularity, right? Pearl Jam's one of them. They were so popular 
they, they had to, they, they didn't know how to deal with it at the time. Right. Uh, uh, Dave Matthews was one of those other guys. Right. Um, sure. so, you know, this song is played everywhere, but it, like you said, they, they didn't do anything, you know, they didn't change their style. It's just, we should all, we should all be lucky enough to be in the position where we write a song that everyone loves. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. It's played in the grocery store and I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Good. Uh, Moose. All right. So look, I already, did this one. I already did this once when I took Eddie Vedder and the obvious pick was Chris Cornell and I didn't do that. So my next pick is I'm going to take Bonavere. Now, the obvious pick is to take his recent duet with Taylor Swift because it's tremendous and it's awesome, but I'm not taking that. Grammy Nelson. Instead, uh. instead, I'm going a buddy of mine who's very forest-like with his music, very, very synth, electronic kind of sounds. And I have a good friend of mine who turned me on to this Bon Iver single in 2016 when he collaborated with an artist who I had never heard of at the time. And they're called Francis and the Light. And it was a single that they recorded and it's the song is called friends. And it is one of my favorite songs of the last 10 years to listen to because only Bonavere could make finger snapping. Cool. Like mm -hmm. the whole song, there's like finger snapping and then there's bass and then there's synth and then there's his vocoder or whatever the hell he uses to make his voice do what it does. And then the other guy is using the same thing. Like, you listen to this song and it's literally a conglomeration of beautiful noise that comes together in this three minute harmony. That is just friggin' awesome. And I love it. And when, when we thought about duets, when we brought this topic up, this was like one of my number one duets. I was like, I'm putting this up there um, in this collaboration. So I want to play it here for you. And I'll tell you, honest to God, like when Bonavere and Francis Knight and they sing, like you'll hear it. They sound ex almost exactly the same. You can almost, it's hard to tell, but it's there, and I think it just speaks to their collaboration and how they sang and how they tried to keep it similar. And I, I just, I just love the song. So, sorry, Stu, no Bonavere and Taylor Swift, uh, but I'm choosing this one instead, man. Yeah. Wow. Who would have thought that Moose would be coming in with Post Malone and I know Tony Bear doing, doing like <laughs> electronic tracks? I, look, man, just throwing curveballs out there. Wait till I drop the hammer speed. in the fourth round, too. You don't yeah. even see that hammer coming. <laughs> So what, what I like about it is that it's not, it's not like in your face and even the post Malone is in, in, in your face as well. It's not like extreme hip hop or anything. And this song is not e extreme either. It's, it, but it's moody. It's, it really expresses a mood. And, and I love that you didn't go Taylor Swift, even though, even though, you know, we're all, or at least some of us are big fans. Absolutely. We're, we're opening doors. Cause I don't actually know this song. So yeah. here I am going, this is exactly what I wanted. I wanted you to pick a, yep, a, exactly. a track that wasn't really on my radar. Um, and already, I mean, I, I can, I know I just can't wait to listen to it. So it is, it's, I'm telling you, if we were to do a top 10 list of songs of the 2010s, it's in my top 10. I, I think actually, it's a beautiful sounding song. And I'm, I'm after you, right? So, Yes. This is this is gonna be a nice transition. This is nice. It's gonna be a nice one-two combo. Okay. For my next pick. He's one of the most original artists, you know, of the last 
10 or 15 years, right? Like, what do you even call that? It's not even a genre. It's, I don't know what it is. And he's one of the artists, he goes from, he goes from doing a piano song with Bruce Hornsby, totally stripped down to doing something that's so processed. And it sounds like him and it, but he does it effortlessly, right? It's not, he's like, there is no kind of, line that he won't cross and and it usually works with him and yeah it's and, uh, I, I agree with what you just said like he is not afraid to cross lines he's not afraid to be himself right he's not afraid to be like look i'm going to do an acoustic album in a cabin right and then i'm going to do an album with a vocoder and you're like what like and it just seems to work for him because i think he's very authentic in his sound and what he wants he's just gonna keep growing and growing and growing and th- there's no limit to what he what he's gonna what's in his head you know yep yeah, he, he's an incredible collaborator and just so willing to experiment and, and just clearly his his talent just shines through across all these genres. It's awesome. Good job, Moose. Again, bringing in that younger demographic. It's good. <laughs> all right, Stu. All right, well, it turns out uh, Run DMC and Aerosmith are still on the table. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm going there. Uh, I am not going to go there. So they are, are going to continue to be on the table because I am going That's good. with my third round pick with a, this is so continue to be there. Yeah. So well, technically that's probably four singers, but anyway, go ahead. That's true. So, you know, I went with, you know, Tom York and PJ Harvey. They're kind of like a little more mainstream and then Wilco and Feist and they're kind of indie. So I'm going more underground now to artists two artists that you know i would love if you guys know either one of them but they might be a stretch um and i'm talking about an artist by the name of benny sings and he joins forces with a song just released a month ago with mac demarco called rolled up and the song is so badass um killer killer duet uh, Benny Sings has been around for 20 years. I mean, he's a Dutch musician from Netherlands and hey, I'm bringing of, in that international audience dude. I'm doing it, man. I, it's huge. He plays bass in a hip hop band. He he's t- tons of collaborations and of course his own solo stuff. Um, and then, you know, Mac DeMarco is a singer songwriter, uh, you know, with a jazzy style producing sound from Canada. Um, and he's done a handful of albums as well. So you got the singer songwriter, with this more jazzy bass hip hop influenced guy and they come together and they, they just drop this awesome track. And, uh, and this is the track, check it out. So, and Benny's got that high, high voice and he's just, it's just so unique to me. I mean, you, you, you can't not recognize Benny Singh's voice. And I mean, it's just, again, it's just so original. Um, and I think they do a great job on this track. It's got this little beat to it. It's not hip hop, but it's not rock. It's, it's just kind of just this good vibe. And, uh, you know, it's really just, it's a, it's a throwback groove, you know, um, to, to like the eighties or something, or, or even like the Dude, early nineties. So just call it for what it is, man. It's yacht rock, bro. And it's all good. 
<laughs> we all love I guess Yacht so. Rock, dude. We all love I guess it. Like, so. We all secretly love it. And the world is right when you put a song on our playlist that fits that. It's amazing. Um, it all boils I get down it. to Yacht Rock. It all, it, dude. Yeah. I read a description and they called it Blue Wave Slacker Rock. <laughs> and I thought that I thought that was pretty cool. That's, that that that's slacker tremendous. Rock. Blue wave slacker rock. And I was did like, we, did you, you say what? new or blue? Blue. Blue. Blue I love wave I, slacker rock. Yep. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but it works. It, it, at the same time, <laughs> I know what cool. it means. I so, think that's very cool. That's my pick. And Bee Gees. <laughs> cousin, cousin, cousin of Yacht Rock. That's going to go well with uh, Moose's. Uh, I know. Yeah. Totally yeah there. there it is, man. And yeah, if we please. just had post, if, if if we just got rid of my picks and you had Post Malone, uh, and on Bon Iver, and then that, that would be. So maybe we'll talk to the commissioner and rearrange the order, put the post <laughs> together. Uh, uh, all right, hey, way to switch it up. Uh, I'm gonna switch it back up. Rich, Snake Draft coming at you. Connor Obers is gone, my friend. Admittedly, um, <laughs> I I had to rearrange my strategy a little uh, bit in the last couple minutes. Sorry. Uh, um, Okay, so um, this next duo, um, this one songwriter has not been mentioned. He, uh, he is a great American songwriter. He is one of those guys we call a musician's musician. Bob Dylan loves him. Neil Young loves him. Willie Nelson loves him. And he did a song. He did one of his songs with uh, a more modern guy. Um, kind of reminds me of Springsteen in a way, just kind of that old, Ramped up soul R and B. Um, I'm talking about um, Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats. Ooh, yeah. And he did something with John Prine, um, who uh, he wrote some. It's a very, it's a, it's a downer song. I'm going to be honest with you, but but it just, it's something. It's an important song. It had to be brought up. Um, we haven't talked about John Prine at all, and I love John Prine. Um, it is a song called Sam Stone. Um, it is. Uh, really written it was written about uh the vietnam war and how soldiers came back and they were you know they were they were addicted to drugs and and kind of the aftermath of what soldiers had to go through when they weren't actually fighting in a war hmm. um and so um it is an upbeat uh it, but i love nathaniel ratliff's and i and i love john prine so uh, i felt like it was a duet that had to be it, it should be on the list um so uh it's definitely uh slower but we can give it a listen it's just an old country song. Right? Little pictures have the years. Don't stop and count the years. Sweet songs never last too long. Broken radios. So, you know, definitely maybe what maybe up maybe up Stewart's alley a little bit. Uh liking that old country old country style. Yeah, man, I'm in, I'm into it. I uh, I think I just heard that song like two days ago. Oh, really? Going through this, I was listening to some Prine, and uh, yeah, I mean, the guy the guy is is, is a classic, right? And uh, and that song is it's obviously very country, um, and I think it works. So I'm uh, I'm I'm giving it I'm giving my approval. Are they um <laughs> are they singing together on it like that like to like are they singing together? Was that what that was? Uh, so the, the entire song, they're kind of going back and forth. They, oh, are they? Prine, okay. Prine, Prine, will sing, Prine will sing one verse, and then they both do the chorus together, and then Ratliff okay. will do another verse. Is, so it's kind of in and out. Is, I, look, I've never heard of John Prine. Is he? Is he like a? What's what is? What is he? He's kind of in the vein. He's a of legend, or yeah. I mean, is, I have like, no idea. I mean, I just it's. I don't. That's what I'm asking. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you know, great American storyteller kind of music. You know what I mean? Okay. 
All right. I've seen Nate Ratliff before live and he's tremendous and he is very Springsteen like for sure. Like they opened, I believe they opened for vampire weekend. I think when I saw him, I know, I think it was vampire week. Oh no, I'm sorry. He's head in the heart. I'm all fucked up. I forget where I saw him and I'm messing up who they opened up. Head in the heart's good too. Head in the heart. Yeah. Well, my wife, my aims, aims a big head in the heart fan and they're good. I've seen him a few times with her. They're good. But Nate Ratliff owns, like he owns the stage. Yeah. Owns it. And I've heard he had a solo album come out, I think a year ago, which is very slow, very mellow, very just the opposite of what his band sounds like, which is cool because it's like Springsteen doing Nebraska, another Nebraska reference. Like it's showing a different side of the artist. And John Prine, like, dude, I love storytellers. I just, you know, it's not where I typically go to a lot. So for me, um, I like that. That's why I'm definitely going to look forward to checking that out. And any song, that has historic references. I always dig that kind of stuff. I always like, especially when storytellers are talking about things that have happened in our country's past. Um, I always like when they bring things to light like that. So that's very cool. Uh, huge, huge fan of Nathaniel Ratliff. I mean, when I, when you first hear him, like it's so unmistakable, like, like you can't unhear it. And, uh, and it's just so clearly him. Uh, I guess that's, I don't know redundant but uh <laughs> i know what you mean he's just got such a cool like classic but original sound um and then yeah john prine you know recently passed away and i mean the outpouring of love and respect from so yeah. many different musicians from like across the the music spectrum it was it was pretty it was pretty incredible to see uh yeah all right all right so, so gonna- we're moving on to uh the fourth round all right so i'm gonna go with i'm gonna bring it up a notch and i am gonna go to the 80s moose yeah i love when rich ventures in places he doesn't want to go i love it no it's so this this is the (laughs) 80s but i mean this is a band we all love right so this band was at the height of their fame it's it's their it's their magnum opus it was their best album they come out with this album subsequently thereafter um, and they had this version um, on this album, and it is uh, he. They decided to do it with one of the one of the blues legends, and uh, and I, I am talking about when you two did rattle and hum. Oh they shit! Did, Hell they, yeah. did, they did when love comes to town with BB King, and That's it's right. just a fun rock and roll song. It's just an old school upbeat, you know. U2 is trying to play like a backing blues band and it doesn't sound like a blues band, but it also doesn't really sound like U2 either. Huh. Uh, but, but the combination is great. And, and, uh, and I love BB King and I love you too. So it's a match made in heaven. <laughs> All right. Song. That's you too. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, the um I, what's cool about that is when they did um the Joshua Tree, like this was you too trying to sound very Americana. Yeah. Like I mean the album cover and that, this was their this was their way of trying to sound like like an Americana folk rock kind of band with that album. And then the play with a legend like BB King, I think just illustrates that point a little further when they did the Rattle and Hum tour. Um I forgot about that song. It's a it is a lot of fun. Um, and I think you too was like probably thrilled to have been able to play with BB King and record that song is very cool. 
Love it. That's a, a what year was that? That was like 88. 88. 88. Wow. Shit, Rich. Did you take it's right in the middle of the eighties, baby? You take two from the eighties? Shit. I thought you forgot about that. Early eighties, late eighties. I told you. That's good research because the eighties were tricky, right? There were a lot of duets going on, but that was the highlight of the love songs. Oh yeah. It it was just like I mean, good good finding. That was a good one. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Good stuff. All right. You're you're welcome. (laughs) Back to me? Yeah. All right, here we go. Um, so for this for this pick, I'm going to go with a artist uh, from from England. This is this album came out in 2017, and she has the name of Flo Morrissey. Oh, and she did an album with a gentleman named Matthew E. White from Richmond, Virginia. And they did an album called Gentle, Gentlewoman Ruby Man. And it's an awesome, awesome album. It's it's essentially a, they teamed up and they basically did covers of just a ton of great songs from Frank Ocean, The Velvet Underground, Leonard Cohen, George Harrison, um, and, and the Bee Gees. This song is not the Bee Gees song, though. This is from a, a guy uh, who goes by a song called, uh, name... His name is uh, Little Wings. His real name is Kyle Field. I don't know if you've heard of Little Wings, but he wrote a song called Look at What the Light Did Now. And Flo Morrissey and Matthew E. White do a tremendous job on this album. And this is the classic, um, you know, they go back and forth on the vocals and showcases just the perfect concept to me of what a duet is with the back and forth. Uh, upbeat, fun, uh, up, upbeat, fun song, and, and you really get her vocals, his vocals, back and forth. So, um, great example of what a duet is, and I'm going to play for you guys right now. When I when I'm sailing to Cape May, <laughs> <laughs> is it no? Is that champagne, rock? Drinking my champagne. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. is what's going to be on. <laughs> that, <laughs> Stu, Stu, I think your love of everything yacht rock is coming out it. so much recently. It's so smooth. It's, so smooth it's, it's though, honestly, man. it's like, dude, if it's like for me, like there has to be some sort of harder heavy metal song, which is coming next, by the way. Oh boy. Um, on every playlist, I feel like you're doing the same thing with that yacht rock, like that kind of vibe. You definitely own it, man. You own it, and you know these artists better than I do because yeah. I wouldn't even know of who these artists are. But then I hear it, and it's good, man. It's just got that great yeah, vibe dude, to it. It's got totally a great smooth. feel. Yep. Was this, is, this somebody, is this somebody that you found or were you into them prior? No, I fe- she, Flo Morrissey popped up um, on an album. And then I, my friend and I were talking about just new artists and, and we can't, we both knew about it. It just, it just popped up. It's cool. Nice. Would, uh, so, would Ferris Bueller approve? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Guarantee we're yep. Ferris in the uh, soundtracks episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Moose, round four. Uh, he just teased us with the hammer. So uh, yeah, this is this is clearly going to be a song far skips because okay, it's just here we go. Be way too loud. 
and way too heavy and, and just way too <laughs> much for his ears. There's a lot of ebbs and flows in this. In there, there's a lot of ebbs and flows. I'm bringing a lot of the ebbs and flows right now. Here's one that's going to stop you dead in the tracks after those last couple songs. This is on a little bit more of the intense level. So this is clearly my selection. Everything that I love about metal is clearly on display here. Um, a band in the 90s, an alt-metal band called the Deftones, who had a couple albums in the 90s, um, and then in 2000, they really did not want to be lumped into the new metal scene, which is obviously Corn, Limp yep. Bizkit, Papa Roach, the music that I think killed metal. And they were like, ah, we don't want to be associated with that. So they're putting out their recording their third album, White Pony, which truthfully is one of the best metal albums of the last 20 or 30 years. It was a Grammy award-winning album. They literally just did a remix of the album this year. Um, it's just tremendous. So to get to the point, they're going to ask who I think is one of the greatest metal singers of all time, Maynard James Keenan, to show up and say, mm. hey, look, can you help us with some songs? So Maynard shows up. He, he just kind of like works with them for a little bit. Then he leaves. He scats. Months later, they start recording. And Chino Marino, the lead singer of Deftones, was like, look, like, I really would like Maynard to show up for this one song. You know, we were kind of working on it. There's a lot of weird stories out about it. There's a lot of different variations of it. At the end of the day, I'll stick to this one that Marino said a couple days ago when he was being interviewed about it. He said, we were in this recording studio and we literally started, when you talk about collaborating, he said, we literally started writing like lyrics over the song, The Passenger, which I'll play in a second. And he would write a lyric and then Maynard would write a lyric. They would share a notebook and they would literally just go back and forth, back and forth until they have this song that is just so intense. It's so haunting Marino kind of like whispers and then Maynard whispers during the verse. And then the chorus is just Maynard's howl and scream like nobody's business. And I think it's one of the most badass metal songs of the last 20 years. And it's my, probably my favorite duet. I knew it would last this long. Um, and let me play it for you right here. You're going to hear in the beginning of it, you'll hear Marino just like it's a slight whisper, very mellow. And then that Deftones hard crunching sound and then Maynard just takes over with the uh, chorus. Well, I like most, that. Most you might you might be surprised, uh, but if you look at the date, uh, that song is grandfathered in. So, so oh, uh, okay, I fucking love that song. Uh, I oh, mean, nice. Maynard, Maynard has always had a soft spot in my heart. Like he 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 straddles the line. I don't like it when it gets growly. Like I'm okay <laughs> with dark. I'm okay with I'm mm. okay with heavy. I just yeah. don't like growling. Yeah. And Maynard just is incredible. And the Deftones, yeah. the Deftones were so badass. So for them to come together, I mean, I remember when that came out, and that was that was awesome. Maynard doesn't really do that many collaborations, does he? No, is he? I, I mean, this say, is yeah. yeah, this is like this was kind of a, a really one-off, and he so that shows that he had tons of respect for the Deftones, yeah, um, yeah. which I think is pretty cool. And honestly, man, what a what a smooth transition to go from yacht rock to metal. I mean, this is 
This is heaven. This is Stuart and, and, and Moose just holding yeah. hands. Oh, right there, yeah, man. Right there. Yin and Yang. Just living in parallel universes, man, side by side. I'm going to think about you the whole time. You're on a yacht and Moose is on like a like a, like a Mad Max. Like. He's on a devil's shoulders. Yeah. yeah. On a speedboat. Exactly. Uh, uh, all right, good stuff. Okay, rounding out round four. Uh, I'm up with back-to-back picks, and then we'll head to to uh, fifth round. Okay, Rich. I also, again, out of respect, <laughs> I gave you. I, I I took a beat before I took this track because um, I wanted to give you a shot. Um, to me, this is like okay. So I don't know about you guys, but I make my playlist, and then it's just like survival of the fittest. You're constantly like moving it yeah. up and down yeah i I'd agree yeah. with that yeah yeah for sure yeah. this uh, my best description for this is like this is the i don't give a fuck duet um mm. he's the he's the former guitar player for war on drugs oh yeah nice all right and then he went solo uh kurt vile has become yeah. the king oh of, yeah of singing like he's not trying or just I mean, yeah. somebody said slacker rock earlier. Like, yeah, that's Kurt, Kurt Vile all day. Kurt Vile is yeah. slacker that's rock. That's Kurt Vile all day. Blue wave slacker rock. Okay, so this is just slacker rock. Um, <laughs> He's one set. Totally <laughs> like, in, yeah, he, he, put it, he put it out there. Influenced by Pavement, Dinosaur Jr. Um, yeah, he's awesome. So, uh, so he met uh, Courtney Barnett on the festival circuit. And, uh, you know, they, they just dug each other's music. And... Um, you know, they were charmed by each other's voices and uh, particularly the childlike sweetness on the song Depreston. Um, and they decided to do an album together. And uh, it's it's super cool, understated, total slacker. They don't give a fuck. Even the song is called Over Everything because they just, mm. they don't care. Sounds That sounds about right for Kurt. Yeah, here we go. Courtney Barnett and Kurt Vile. Nice. It's the it's the back and forth vibe, you yeah. know, with with just yeah. nice male vocals with the female vocals, you know, just like the Flo Morrissey and, and Matthew E. White, and I just love that contrast um, and that storytelling. So, yeah, great pick. I, I I don't know that song, so I'm pumped to to really dive into it. Kurt, like his, I I compare his voice to to Jay Mash's, right? Like, but totally. the music is the music is very much sounds like Current War on Drugs, right? I, to me, I, so yeah, um, yeah. I mean, his lyrics, I can I can only take the singing in small doses, um, but you know, it's a great pick. Yeah, that, I remember that coming out, and I I listen to Kurt Vile, you know, not regularly, but but you know, I like War on Drugs, and I like when you go down the rabbit hole for that band, you get into Kurt Vile because he was such a big part of the sound. So totally. um, it's a great pick. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, I, I've listened to Kurt Vile here and there, but definite slacker rock, definite, like I love Jay Mastris. I love Dinosaur Jr. Obviously Forrest, we've talked about that. And he definitely has paid his respect to him. And you can hear the, 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 both of the singing, you know, and both of their voices together. And that's like, as we continue to do this draft, like it's just a lot of fun to see these different types of artists come together 
and how they make songs so much different when you hear the two voices rather than the one voice the whole time. Uh, it's really cool. Kurt Vile actually covers John Prine quite a bit. Mm. Yeah, I think that was a big, big influence. Big influence. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Round so, five. Moving on to round five of top duet tracks. Uh, so I'm kind of surprised we haven't talked about this artist, or I'm surprised that I haven't talked about this artist. Um, he, like, he sits right next to Wilco and Bright Eyes in my library and gets a ton of play in my house. Um, Ray LaMontagne uh, featured Rachel Yamagata on, on one of his earliest uh, albums, uh, yeah. specifically the track Barfly, and then several other tracks on that album. Um, she's done a bunch of singing for, for Bright Eyes, Ray LaMontagne. Um, and so, but this is her track. And I, I think it's cool that he returns the favor and, and did a duet for her album. Um, nice. And if, if Connor Oberst was still, this is like smaller than still or <laughs> slower than still. Like, like Ray LaMontagne can just, I, I don't know. He, he can just quiet a room and, yep. you know, it's, a, it's another one of those voices that's just a pin drop. Um, and I don't know Rachel Yamagata. You know, I, I learned about her from this track. And, uh, and, and again, their juxtaposition is just perfect. So this is the absolute opposite of the Deftones. This is like the most still chill track there is. Um, and it's called Duet. Things we should have done Yes, I remember what we said As we lay down to bed I'll be here if you won't come back home I was going to say, she almost sounds like Ray LaMontagne. What year did that come out, Matt? Uh, I think it was 2009. It was, it was I found out about Rachel Yamagata because she did a, she played with Ryan Adams in 2005 okay. Okay. and did something very similar. Um, so I found out about her, you know, a couple years before, but you know, that, that kind of alt country towing the line, like, you know, playing with, playing with Ryan Adams, playing with Ray LaMontagne, like she fits right in there. And, and that song sounds, it sounds like a natural fit. Yeah. Yeah, great, great find. I, I, I don't know that song. I, I love Ray Lamontang. I mean, he, such a good artist and his voice, again, he's, he's, he's got that delicate side of, of musicianship and it's like, you're constantly hanging on like a, a, a small little branch and you're just like, keep us, keep us staying up here, you know? And, uh, totally, totally. and, and, you know, his albums are fantastic. He just came out with a new album yeah. this year. Yeah. Cool, cool, delicate song. <laughs> <laughs> it's very very delicate that's yeah. you know but he's got some easy breezy stuff and and he'll mm. he'll rock a little bit um sure all right sure, so here yeah. we go rounding out uh round five we're gonna go moose yeah. stew and then rich all right so i'm gonna pick things back up again um with a song that i think Forrest you will love because this is right up your alley this artist you love now i have a lot of songs left like um i could go one of my favorites stick with pop soul i could go hollow notes 
that did a duet with the lead singer at Train two years ago. It was a great song about his love Please of Philly. Please don't do that. Don't do Hollow Notes. Uh, are you not a Hollow Notes guy? God damn you, Rich. You stink. Hollow Notes is like classic, classic. classic man. Yeah, I know, Rich. Whatever. I, I'm going to leave him be. I'm going to leave him be. Um, I'm going to take it. what I think is a very unique duet, Forrest, from the Vampire Weekend album, Father of the Bride. However, I'm not taking the duet that most people would think because he does a bunch of songs with that one female singer. I can't remember um, her name um, off the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going to take the song Sunflower. Yes, I know. I already took another Sunflower song, but... Okay. If you know the song, Steve Lacey is featured Lacey. on it, and he's a guitar player, singer, songwriter. Yep. And the coolest thing about this song is he doesn't actually really sing anything. He literally just mimics the guitar scale that he plays for the chorus. The chorus is him just singing over the scale. I think it is so unique. I think it's so Vampire Weekend. I think it's super cool. Every time I hear the song, I think it's so much fun. I've seen him live. When I don't think Steve Lacey is with him when I saw him at the Man Center in Philly, but like they just go back and forth. And when he takes over for the chorus, it's him just literally speaking the guitar line. I think it's awesome. And it's a song I'm picking. And you'll hear here, like Ezra is singing the verse. Mm. And then you'll just hear Steve come over and just start humming the scale. And I, I think it's just a lot of fun. Yep, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that sounds like almost that sounds like something from like one of Stevie Wonder's like mid seventies albums. Like it sounds yeah. like something from like, uh, like intervisions or, or like songs in the key of life or something like that. Like just yep. real funky. I like that. I haven't heard it yet. Yeah. They, and then when that album came out, they, they kind of leaked a couple tracks at a time. And that mm-hmm. was one of the yep. first yep. one or two tracks. And I remember listening to it going, man, this album is going to be just so much fun because that was, it was like so original, just how they kind of went about it. And, and I remember just being blown away by that track. Um, yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize that, that that he was on that song. Awesome, awesome track. I mean, I I couldn't take Vampire Weekend, but I'm thrilled that they're on this playlist. Yeah, uh, I think they're the last show that I got to see uh, before the world crumbled. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I love that album, and and you're right. I mean, the obvious uh, duets on that album are the the ones with Heim. I love it. It fits inside the box and. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd accept any Vampire Weekend song, even if it didn't uh, fit within the rules. <laughs> Only I get special rules. <laughs> uh, wow. Great call. Yeah. Uh, all right, Stu. Okay. So, um, you know, I purposely held up, held out on this song just to see what was going to happen on this on this draft. So, I'm officially going with. Island in the Stream, 1984, <laughs> written by the Bee Gees and sung by Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. And I'm doing it. And I'm so pumped to do it. I think now, nobody, the I think nobody, nobody picked this song because they just expected you to pick it. And that's, <laughs> that's true. And, I and that's why I, did it. I, I let and, you have it, man. We all let you and, have it. And that's why I went in the fifth round because I just was curious to see if you guys were, if, if I was tricking you guys. 
So <laughs> I let it slide to the fifth round. <clears throat> it was a test. Um, but again, it's hard not to enjoy the song. I mean, it's just classic Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers going back and forth, singing together. Um, it was a huge, huge yeah, huge, huge, huge hit in 1983. Um, you know, and I, and I, I wanted to go through, you know, throw a, a classic in the mix and this is it. The list has to have at least one 70s or 80s romantic duet. And still, mm-hmm. still for someone who cries when they watch Taylor Swift, <laughs> that's okay. And that's okay. Then it only is fitting that that song goes for you. 100% all day. I mean, if you're going to cry when you watch the Taylor Swift, I can't even imagine what your emotions are when you see this, like, on like, <laughs> so, this. It, you know, I, I don't even want to... You guys have both mentioned me crying to Taylor Swift. So uh, it's not about the singing or the songwriting. She she literally sat down at her piano at her concert and talked for like five minutes to the crowd and told this ridiculous, amazing story of triumph and all this stuff. And that's what I cried about. The whole stadium was crying. So it wasn't like, I love this song. Tears, tears, tears. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a story, but... Um, yeah, that's, that's this, is getting, this is all getting cut out, Stu. <laughs> this, hey, man, that's all fine. No. None of this is getting cut out. This is, gold. It's, 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 it's all staying in. Yeah, but uh, it's, yeah, Island of Stream. I love it. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we have a a, a representation from a, a classic duet. It's a classic duet. Yeah. Yep. Your your yacht is smooth sailing. Yeah, yeah. There's no rough water. There no is no rough water, water on that yacht. That and is it, for sure. Great picks, Stu. All right, Rich, close right. us out. I'm going to end it. You know, you said serendipitous just now, Stu, and, and uh, this this is a late edition. Um, uh, sometimes just things happen, you know, for a reason. And, and I love the sound of really old songs, like the old jazz, the old blues records. And I was listening, you know, I listen to a lot of that when I'm in the kitchen cooking or doing stuff like that. And it was Thanksgiving and uh, my daughter, I picked my daughter up and this song came on and I was like, oh, well, I'm going to end with this. Um, and it just happened and you just knew right like there. And so I had my list and then I had to kind of change it because this, I knew this was going to be safe. Um, these are two, two legends, uh, you know, and when you hear them sing and when you hear them play there, you just know it's them. And they're, they're, they're just two of the most familiar play, pe- uh, people in jazz. Um, I am talking about, uh, Louis Armstrong and I'm talking about Ella Fitzgerald, the queen of jazz and the wow. king of jazz. Uh, and it's just, it's a jazz standard and, uh, I'm going to end this whole thing on a wistful, happy, pick up someone you love and dance with them. Note. It's called dream a little dream of me. Satchmo singing with Ella Fitzgerald. Nothing sounds like those old records. Ah, I love it. And and what a fitting, I was so nervous what was going to follow Islands in the Stream. <laughs> and that is the perfect song to follow. So, ah, wonderful. Yeah, you, you, and, and you, close, you close this out with a nice, smooth, classic uh, 
classic. And what a moment to have with your daughter, you know, yeah. it's just a uh, man. It's just uh now that will bring tears to my eyes. Oh. So <laughs> no, all comes great, around. Man. I, you know, I, I had that song on my list as well. So I think it's great that something in that kind of era, that jazz sound uh, made it on there. And that's, it's a great song. It's a staple. That was uh, guys. That was super fun. You guys surprised me and inspired me. I honestly, I can't wait to hear this playlist. It's it's uh, it's gonna be a smooth road, and then all of a sudden, little Deftones moose curveballs come in. Um, <laughs> moose, you you got me with the Deftones uh, and surprised me with your auto tuning. I of course love your Vampire Weekend choice, <laughs> mm. uh, Rich. I'm really sorry about Connor Obers. As you should be, my friend. Um, you know, I gave you a shot. I gave you one round. If, if you really wanted it, you could have had it. Um, great choice with Nathaniel Ratliff. That, that, uh, I, I can't wait to listen to that track. Uh, Stu, I mean, the fact that you slipped Tom York and PJ Harvey in here, well done, my man. That's uh, right. Yeah, so let, let's go around the horn. Uh, Moose, let's, let's, uh, let's hear your recap. Sure, man. Just, just real quick, dude. A lot of fun. These were great picks in terms of not taking what I think traditional, like you Google top duets, you're not going to see a ton of these songs on there. And the ones that you do see deserve to be up there. Like islands in the stream, stop dragging my heart around, um, dream a little dream. Like there are certain songs that should be up there. Right. But the rest of it's really cool, man. And, and I think we've just done an excellent job. I'll just pat ourselves in the back. I don't care because I really do think we've done a really good job of introducing ourselves and uh, whoever's listening to just different songs from different artists and just kind of branching out. Like this is not, if you Google top duets, you are not finding this playlist on the internet, which I think is awesome. Like that's the beauty of it. Like, it's just, it's really cool. I I mean, from everything that we've done, it makes this list, I think a lot of fun and it's going to introduce me to bands and songs that I've never heard of before. Like John Prine, you know, and I get, he's a legend. I never heard the guy. So, mm-hmm. and that's just what I kind of like about it. I think that's what I like what we're doing. You know, we only have two drafts left uh, with solo artists and soundtracks. And I think we'll just continue to branch out with that. And I think that's why we love doing this. So very cool. It was a great topic to choose. It was a lot of fun to go down the research and uh, it was good stuff, man. Stu, how about you, bud? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, we all did our homework, right? So aside from Island on the stream and, and maybe a few other, you know, choices it was pretty much off the beaten path and that's and that's what we thrive on so we we all did our did our part in that and for me and probably for everyone we we all went down the path of what you know songs that we're really we're passionate about right so all my picks i'm i just love and i'm and i can back them up and i'm passionate about them um and there is emotions to it so yeah i think the playlist is gonna it's gonna play really well i think it's gonna be a really smooth playlist and uh I'm, I'm pumped to hear it i think there i think of all the dress i i think this is the one where most of the a lot of the songs the most i haven't heard a lot of these songs right mm-hmm. so i'm really excited to listen to it uh granted matt taking connor Obers did take the wind out of my sails a little bit but that's just as much a uh a reflection on my flawed strategy uh, as 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 anything else um the Tom York Stewart taking Tom York and Wilco as his first two picks, you know, I mean, they're, 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 they're classic um, moose. I'm really anxious to hear the, the Bonnevar pick that you, you may, uh, I love him. I just hadn't heard that one yet. And 
you know, I've always loved Andrew Bird, so I, I'm I'm anxious to hear his his duet with with who who's the duet with Matt? Uh, Erica Winner. It Winter. sounded yeah, it sounded great, and I love Andrew Bird. He's so eclectic. So I I think it's gonna be I, I think it's gonna be a really fun playlist to to listen to. Well, that 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 does it for episode ten of the Music Draft, the duets. Uh, you can find our podcast by searching the Music Draft on Apple or Spotify. And for every episode, we're going to compile our music choices into a playlist available on Spotify by searching the Music Draft, uh, including this playlist. So if you want to hear the Deftones and then right after it, hear Ray LaMontagne's Stillness, that's where you <laughs> find it. Uh, follow us on Instagram. We would love it if you would leave a review on, on Apple or Spotify. That's what help us, helps us get the word out. And, uh, you know, feel free to comment. Um, we'd love to hear your ideas on episodes or, you know, tell us what, what topics we should do next. Uh, the ones slated are best solo tracks and soundtracks. That's coming up next. Um, and that's the music draft. Nice. Good work. Fun. Thanks, right. everyone. See you guys. Don't forget to wave, Moose. That concludes this episode from Season 1, Episode 10. Join us next time when the soundboard drafts its top side projects. The boys are officially off the clock. Uh, are you not a Hall of Notes guy? God damn you, Rich, you stink. <laughs>